well, well. Lauren, good morning. Hello. Welcome to a very special episode of Pop Apologist. It's a special episode because we have reached a milestone together as sisters, as podcasters, as businesswomen, as girl bosses. We have hit 3 million downloads of Pop Apologists, which is a huge deal because we started this podcast in 2020. We had no idea if anyone would listen, if it would go anywhere. We wanted to quit basically all the time. (laughs) We still kind of want to quit sometimes. Um, but we've made it this far. So I feel like we should just take a second and bask in that. It's such a crazy day, Chandler. And I never thought I would even say this, but also joining us today is Bill Simmons from Spotify and executive. And we're going to talk about our new deal, um, that we are signing. Is he going to call us grifters? (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know. I think I got the name wrong. You guys, this doesn't mean we're, we have some huge, crazy deal. This doesn't mean no. that we are overnight celebrities in any way. Let me just uh, like add a little sprinkle of context. I'm feeling very broke on this Tuesday morning after our vacations, after the last month that I've had preparing for vacation. So nothing has changed about our financial situation. But, you know, mentally, we definitely feel like we have hit a milestone with this podcast. Yeah, I think it's we're... Maybe this this download statistic is coming out as this podcast being not totally nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is a little thing that some people really love and has hit a a really big milestone for two girls who started it with a combined 1,000 Instagram followers. So from two nothings, we have a sort of not nothing podcast and we Mm -hmm. are really, really beyond thrilled about it. So we just want to say thank you so much to everyone who listens and shares. We just could not be more grateful. And even though, yes, there are tough moments, like Chandler said, we are absolutely in it to win it with this thing and we are not going anywhere and we love doing it. And we talked so much on Guana Island about mm-hmm. how much we love this podcast and we love our listeners. And so we're just so, so grateful. So anyway, yeah. happy 3 million downloads to us, but let's move Woo. on. Okay. No one wants the analytics report any longer. Right. right. We'll save that. Anyway, so Chandler and I just got back from Guana Island, and this episode, everyone, is going to be mainly a sister catch-up, if you will, a travel Mm -hmm. recap. We're going to talk a little bit about the Jonah Hill text, potentially get into a few other pieces of celeb gossip, but it's going to be mainly just about our travel and chatting about Mm -hmm. Guana and, you know, our shared memory and experience together. So if that doesn't sound up your alley, we invite you to check out one of our many other episodes, one of our celebrity deep dives. There's 170 episodes you can also go listen to right now. Right. So anyway, you co-sign that that message, Shan? I absolutely co-sign it. And I think we should just dive right in. I mean, I have total vacation hangover this morning. Yeah. As you can tell, I am like not prepared to be on camera, but nonetheless, here I am. I got home so late last night. It's just always like a debacle, like flying back to New York. And all that is to say that I'm very sad that I'm no longer waking up on the white sand beach of Guana Island. Okay. I feel like I hyped this island up so much to you Mm -hmm. and I have sold it to our audience so hardcore. You would think I have some sort of affiliate link or a sponsorship with them, but No. no, we didn't even get an upgrade when we went. So they barely know who we are. We were paying full price for the base room. That's absolutely correct. Well, first of all, before 
I get your thoughts. I just wanted to tell everyone, if you haven't already heard my recap, Guana Island is a small island in the British Virgin Islands. It's a private island. So it's one of the last few private islands you can go to that is a resort on it, Mm -hmm. basically. Necker Island is a private island you can go to, but that is five grand a night, okay, per couple, per room. So very pricey. Guana Island starts at 1K a night. And so it's a lot it's a lot more reasonable. It's the affordable right. version. And there are very few private islands you can still go to. And it's, I think, an absolutely unearthly experience. So I'm so excited to hear what you thought. Yeah. Well, let's rewind a little bit to you on your honeymoon. Basically, Lauren got married last December and then she, you know, abdicated the podcast throne for two weeks and uh, sure ran did. away to Guana Island and then to St. Bart's. And basically, I couldn't get a hold of you while you were on Guana. And I don't think I was fully prepared for how unplugged you were going to be. But I just... Oh, I remember. Yeah. And and the service is like not great on the island. Hopefully that's, you know, I think that's probably by design. But I just remember while you were on your honeymoon, you just saying like, you need to come here. It's so restful. It's so beautiful. But I didn't know anything about it. I'd never even heard of it. And Mm -hmm. also like, you look it up online and you just it doesn't really do it justice. You don't really know what you're getting into. Like I haven't seen like a TikTok video of like five things you must do while on Guana Island, which is For sure. a good thing, I think. But yeah, I had no idea about it. But you had just said, I think you would love it. It's so peaceful, so restful, and it's amazing. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I asked as I checked out, I was like, you know, my sister and I, we have a little podcast and can we share more about the island? Like, can we talk about it? Or do you guys prefer do you like not want to be tagged? Right. Do you prefer this to be kind of like still undiscovered? And yeah. he was like, no, please, you know, please tag us. We're just still, yeah. it was cute. He was like, the owner of the island son is now managing the Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're just dipping our toes in the Instagram waters these days. Yep. Like they're not super into marketing it, but we are allowed to speak about it on today's yes. show. But it is truly like a hidden gem. It has not mm-hmm. been over uh, marketed in, in any yeah. way. Okay, fast forward to this year. My work is extremely stressful. We started to see that we were going to, you know, hit this milestone with the podcast and we really wanted to do a celebratory trip mm-hmm. for the two of us to like connect and it literally sounds like we're a married couple, but truly to like connect, to talk about our shared goals, to just like be together and also just to celebrate all the hard work, you know, from the last like 3 years. Yeah. So, we decided to, you know, plan ourselves a little getaway to Guana, which is very close to Puerto Rico. So basically it's a 30 minute flight from Puerto Rico mm-hmm. to the island of Tortola, where, where then you take like a 10 minute boat ride to, you know, Guana. It's very quick. Yeah. It's a very accessible, like tropical destination from Puerto Rico, but even for me for, from New York, you know? Yeah. It's two flights, which is kind of annoying, but it's not that bad mm-hmm. compared to like flying to Hawaii or to even Mexico. So I went to Puerto Rico about a a week ago, 10 days ago, and Ben and I spent the first few days there. We had the 4th of July there, and then Lauren and I left last Thursday for Guana together. Well, and I think, and sorry, you guys, we're just going to like really just chat about the podcast, about the business of it a little bit, just kind of about our relationship, how it's evolved. So again, if this isn't interesting, we'll be back next week with regularly programmed content. But I think one of the things about like doing this podcast together, it's so much of our life, right? It's two mm-hmm, episodes a week. Mm-hmm. 
it's podcast planning, podcast recording, right. podcast editing, podcast promotion. And that whole cycle happens twice a week. You and I are mm-hmm. on the phone. Really, I would say, you know, a lot about it together. Right. And so much of our phone calls and so much of our interactions are logistical now. Yeah, because I think one of the other things too is something people might not realize is like you're so busy with your full-time professional career Mm -hmm. with your nine to five that you really have a very small amount of window during the day that you're even free. So then I only get a piece of that. And really, we just have too much podcast logistics and business to get into Mm -hmm. before we can really like catch up as sisters. So we found that like this podcast business relationship, it's been hard to not let it completely eclipse our friendship as sisters. Yes. And so anyway, I think one of the things we've also realized is it's really important for us to take a trip once a year where we're fully just connecting. And we're, yeah, we're taking some content, but we're not there to just make reels and just ideate and just work. Like we are there to just enjoy each other's presence for the sake of it, to remember, you know, why we've, why we ever fell in love in the first place. No, literally. Absolutely. I think before this podcast started and this is still true today, but like you and I were truly best friends who just talked all the time. All the time. And then we just started to like commercialize and like market our chatter and our talking, which has, yeah, has to like changed our relationship a little bit, you know, to more of like a business partnership. And it's just so important to like nurture and water our friendship and connection as sisters. Yeah, we were so absolutely thrilled to go. And we got there on a Thursday and left on a Monday. We were there for four nights, if memory serves. Did we leave on Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday it was morning. Thursday. When we left. Yeah. 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 Your birthday. My birthday. I turned 33. Happy birthday mm-hmm. to me. Happy birthday. And so, yeah. So tell people what you thought of the island and if you go back, that sort of thing. Well, I'll just say first of all, you you take a boat ride to the island and all you can see are about like four or five white buildings like nestled into the side of this like lush green uh, island mountain range. And mm-hmm. you already feel like you're in the middle of nowhere and in, in mm-hmm. a very remote and like gorgeous way. Like it feels like when you're approaching the island as you, you know, even like drive up to your room on one of the four wheelers, like you're in Jurassic World or Jurassic Park because it's just like, you know, 90% of the island is completely uh, uninhabited. Yeah. So it's just like, you're just literally living in these small little like group of houses that are up on the top of the, the island. And then there's like, obviously the beach, just literally upon driving up to our room. I was, I just felt like, oh my gosh, this place is so different. It's so different from when you go to Hawaii and, you know, you drive on the freeway to get to the resort and then the resort Mm -hmm. has like 18 different people helping you with your bags. And, you know, it's just more of like more of a procession or how would you describe it? I think there's just a lot more going on, like at a lot of other resorts. Like there's so many employees, there's so many people, there's so many people and that can be really wonderful, but this was a very different and unique type of vacation in the sense that there's not like a ton of staff and you Mm -hmm. kind of get to know the staff and everyone is so friendly and you can just tell that this is like everyone's life work a little bit is like living on this island and taking care of this island. Anyway, 
we immediately are shown to our like beautiful room where you can basically see like we're situated up on the the top of the mountain where you can see both sides of the island. You can see like the surf side on the right and then you can see the beach side on the left. And that view alone was like that's where I took my Instagram picture that I posted. Like it was just spectacular to be like lords of the earth that's like an expression our brother-in-law uses but like it, if you felt like you like owned the island I would say that was like the thought that I continued to have like throughout the whole vacation yeah so one of the things that's so special about it is like you said it's like you really feel like you're nestled away completely remote in pristine untouched nature it's kind of like one of those pictures you see on Tumblr or Pinterest where it's like the lone little cottage in a huge forest. It's like, well, how do you live in that cottage? How do you actually have that experience? It's too tough, right? To actually live that lifestyle because it's too far of a drive. A grocery store is 30 minutes away. You know, you have to really commit to that if if you really want that. But to experience it with all the conveniences of home, it really feels like you live on this island. Like it is your home and you just have have this pristine little cottage on this island and you can use the island as like it's your home and backyard like everything on the island is basically yours to use I think that was one of the most special aspects that I didn't even really like I didn't even know how amazing that was going to feel so you had told me before it's obviously all-inclusive it's like a luxury all-inclusive so like you know the sticker shock is a little bit more intense because of the nightly rate but that includes all of your food all of your drinks all of your alcohol like everything is included all tips are included all tips everything And, you know, we already had one of those experiences when we went to Blackberry Farms, but this really felt like you lived there in the sense that like the bars were self-serve. So there was just like a ton of alcohol and a ton of like prepared juices and things for you to like make your own drinks with. And then there were also people who would make you a drink, but like there was all these games on the beach and all the paddle boards and everything. And you didn't have to like wait in line to check something out. You just lived there. Like you were just there for you to use everything. Exactly. It's like, honestly, it's like living in... I'm assuming one of like a celebrity's house who also has a full-time chef and a house manager. So everything you can need is right there, perfectly Mm -hmm. presented, so beautiful. And so, yeah, if you want a pina colada, you can walk behind the little beach bar and throw your recipe in a blender. Or you can ask one of the staff to prepare one for you and it's no problem either way. Right. And so there's just like such an element of restfulness to that. I think also one of the things about it that you and I really loved is, you know, the staff, like you said, they're kind of there year round, like a lot of parents and kids work there that live on nearby islands. Mm -hmm. And so there's this real sense of like ownership of the island. Like they seem to really love being there and there's just a real quality of their life, like in their work. It seems like they're really taken care of. I think too, there's a definitely like a feeling of stewardship. Yeah. It's like they're stewards over it. Yes, totally. And like, and then when you are a guest there, you're also kind of a steward over the island. You as well, like get to like take part in taking care of it and enjoying it and not just being, I guess, a pampered guest, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just not acceptable there in any way to be like an aggressive consumer. You really are like working in partnership or like you're there in partnership with the staff. Um, And I think for us, having really worked in the service industry for quite a long time, there's something profoundly restful about that for us because we know that they are happy. And 
it's like they're at ease and that is so yes. nice. Like, yeah, there are places that have way better service technically, but the problem with that is for me, sometimes it comes with this added layer of like, I don't really want to go ask them to do this because I know it's going to cause like a flurry of stress behind the scenes mm -hmm. as they try right. to like frantically rearrange our dinner reservation and our taxi and yeah. our, you know, it's like, I don't like bothering people. And so it's nice to be surrounded by people who work there who are profoundly unbothered. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, like, for example, you know, we were at the beach one day and we we're like, can we have like two pina coladas? We tried to make our own, but they were just not as good. They do yeah. like this like fresh nutmeg situation. And the woman working was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get it for you right as, as soon as I finish my breakfast. And like, there's just not like all this pressure on the staff to be just like constantly pleasing you, which I think made everyone feel a little bit more like family or just like everyone was there together versus like this sharp line of like guests and staff, you know? Yeah. And so there's that part of it is just so relaxing. And then the beach itself is crazy. Like it mm -hmm. is a white sand, beautiful beach. Right, also, right. one of the things about it that's so amazing is it's a maximum of 35 people on this 850 acre island. And so anyway, there's just so few people there. Right. Like right. it's impossible for there not to be a beach chair for it to be crowded in any way. I think that is another huge factor of why it felt so different and restful is because it was just nothing is crowded. Nothing mm -hmm. is crowded. Nothing feels like you have to wait. It's literally your home. Like you live there because it's not crowded. Right. Exactly. And so that part of it is so fun. And then also like you really get to know the other guests mm -hmm. because there's so few people there and there's communal dining if you prefer it. Like you can yeah. either choose to sit with people or not each evening they ask yeah. you. And so you really get to know the other guests. Mm -hmm. And so it's fun. Like Chandler and I were on our pool noodles in the ocean, drinking our pina coladas. And like a couple other guests came up and we were like laughing in the sand with them. Like, like they were like some of our great friends. Like it was just like, yeah, yeah you just like you just get to know people. And then, just, you know, sometimes you sit with them at dinner. And it's so interesting hearing everyone's backstory. Like one of the people we were at dinner with was a scientist Mm -hmm. Or who has who and a researcher who'd been coming to Guana to like study the coral reefs for 30 years. Yeah. And so you, we were hearing about his experience. And then there were, you know, couples celebrating their anniversary and one family. And it was just, I don't know, just like a little bit of intimacy there with like the other guests that were also like sharing in this unique experience. Yeah. There's, I think in some hotels, it can be very much a thing of like you're with your party. And that's it. Right. Like at Blackberry Farm, it's like you're with your group and you have your reservation and like, you know, you see other groups, or you see other people. But here it's like you really get to know the other people, which can be like so fun and nice. So fun. And let me just tell you guys, thank goodness this is the case because boy, did we get the tea. Okay. So now we do have a little Hollywood scoop that we need to bring you. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you 
different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern. So you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. By virtue of one of my favorite guests who I will name molly chandler okay so Mm -hmm. molly was an incredible woman okay she lives in tennessee in nashville Mm -hmm. and anyway she just so happens to be neighbors with taylor swift and with keith urban and nicole kidman well i'm sorry with with taylor swift's mom oh i didn't know that she was neighbors with andrea oh my gosh wow yes neighbors with andrea okay andrea and scott Are, are andrea and scott still together Nothing's ever been confirmed, but if you read Taylor's lyrics, it seems like there's really a lot of trouble afoot there, but no split or divorce has ever been confirmed. Okay. Anyway, okay. she just said, you know, she was neighbors with Taylor Swift's mom. Wow. And she said when Taylor Swift was like around 20, that's when her mom got the house or in Taylor. She, I think she said okay. Taylor bought it. Yeah. And she said at the beginning, oh my gosh, this is so funny. She said at the beginning, they didn't have uh, shades up at all. And the way it's situated, her house can see into their house. Wow. So she could fully just see Taylor and her mom <gasps> like hanging out, uh, I guess, like 12 years ago. Oh, um, and my she gosh. eventually they got window treatments. Yeah. Um, wow. But I thought that was so funny. And then she also oh says gosh. that like the security is pretty intense. I believe it. Yeah. At Taylor's mom's house. Yeah. She says that her and her neighbor will go out to the outer border of their mm-hmm. property. Mm-hmm. and go stand there together just yeah. for fun because within a minute a guard approaches <gasps> and asks wow. them if they need anything oh wow like okay but not being rude just like saying hey what kind no, of what just are you like, doing like just like you're a one foot from this protected totally. property we're gonna make wow. sure you know that you're and you're it's so watched. funny because they've done it multiple times right and it's like wow basically like they're just doing it to kind of f with the security right. because they just find it to be so hilarious oh my gosh so that was funny. That was the tea I got about Andrea and Taylor's Nashville home. I did get a lot of tea about Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban. Yes, Do you want yes. this? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I think I might have heard some of it too, but yes, let's tell it. Okay. So this was so funny. So Molly was telling us about how she is neighbors with um, Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how they are just such normal people. She was like, right. their home is so modest and I was like really "Really?" yeah she was like I was like how many square feet she's like like 10,000 and (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, honestly, for a celebrity of their caliber, that is modest. It totally is modest, especially she was like, but in Nashville, that's not huge. You know, yeah, there are yeah. people with a lot less with a lot bigger homes. So that part was just kind of funny and so hilarious. So basically, she told me that they lead a very normal life. So mm-hmm. did she tell you yeah. this? Yeah, she kind of mentioned this. Yep. Why don't you share what you heard from Molly about this? Because I found this to be so interesting. She shared that, you know, they have their daughters and that their daughters lead a very normal life as well. Like they have lemonade stands and they make their daughters have a normal childhood in the sense that like she told the story of of how they had an ice cream truck one time come around. They live in like a gated community, but they got an ice cream truck so their daughters could experience that. But the whole neighborhood got it for free, except for their daughter. So their daughters had to pay with their own money for their ice cream. But to all the neighbors, it was free. And they told all the neighbors like, hey, we're going to have this. You can have as much as you want. It's free to you, but our daughters will have to pay, which I thought was like just darling, you know, just trying to teach them the value of a dollar, which is very important. <laughs> And she was saying how, like, she heard them being like, okay, we only have $3 or something like that. Like, so what can we get? It's it's just so cute. And apparently they handed out flyers saying they were looking for summer jobs. Yes. And so, like, if that was, like, cutting grass, like, how could they start earning money? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, it would just be so easy to not have to deal with any of that as a parent. So I think that says a lot. It's more work to be like, no, I'm not going to pay for this for you. Like, I'm going to have to, like, remind you all the time that you have to work and earn this on your own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I um, I love that anecdote about them. And it made me, you know, uh, Nicole and Keith stands. She said that they seem extremely in love, that Nicole yeah. jogs, okay, regularly. Mm-hmm. And she said that Nicole and Keith go to the grocery store. Like, she sees her at the Whole Foods. Oh, I love it. And just, like, she says, basically, they've made it very purposeful. That they mm. live in normal life. That right, they are right. not living this super far removed life. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was really, really sweet. Yep, yeah. And inspiring, absolutely. honestly. Yeah. Honestly, with because it's it sometimes I think about that with three million downloads, how am I gonna have kids who lead a normal totally. life? Totally. How are you so gonna I was inspired. Of a dollar? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And that was another thing too that was super cute is she said that like they'll do some sort of like experience outside their house, you know, maybe once every six months or something. And so they'll pass out flyers that say like, we're going to have a coffee cart outside our house. Come by. It'll be there from this time to this time. And it's just meant to be something nice for the neighbors to get together. Wow. And they'll do like a snow cone truck. I mean, to be honest with you, it's like almost so, so nice. It's annoying. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I just, I love them. I love them so much. It was funny when she was chatting to me about this because she said like, you know, they seem very in love. And I was like, I fully believe in their love, which I feel like is, <laughs> is a funny <laughs> thing to say to like a person who's maybe not obsessed with celebrity gossip. Cause like we're so jaded that like, I have to we're like, so jaded. I have to add the clarifier that like, no, I be- actually believe in their love, which I realized <laughs> after I'm like, that's kind of bizarre to say, like, I believe in it. Like, can you imagine anyone having, like, such a deep opinion about a stranger? Like, it Right, is, right. It is funny to be shocked back into a world of truly mm-hmm. normal people who are just living maybe a little more low-key. Yeah, And so, absolutely. yeah, it's not totally commonplace to have, like, a thesis about Meghan Markle at the yes. tip of your tongue at all times. Yes, yes, literally. I will say I got the tea from one of the other people who were there about celebrities who've come to stay at Guana. yeah. So Paul Rudd stayed there for like a whole week and they said he was like so nice, super like super chill. Robert Pattinson and Suki Waterhouse stayed Mm -hmm. there. I mean, that alone gave me like the shivers. 
Uma Thurman was there. Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry. Yes, yes. I mean, the idea that I had potentially laid on the same beach as Robert Pattinson and Suki Waterhouse. I'd ate dinner at like you know the same type of place or uh, off the same store. I don't know. It, it was it was stirring. Yeah, there's something about it, you guys. It's just, I think, for the value, too. And I think Chandler and I have also decided we're going to start talking money a little bit more on this podcast. And like, we're just going to talk about it. And if it makes us sound Mention it out all. of touch or crazy or so not down to earth, like I apologize in advance. But I think for the value, $1,000 for two people, all food, all alcoholic beverages included, all tips, mm-hmm. everything, okay? Yeah. Everything you could need while you are there is included mm-hmm. in this fee. It's probably eleven hundred with like all taxes fees. and fees included yeah. per night. It is such a value, especially we're talking about this is a place. Yeah, like these A listers are going mm-hmm. to. Right, I right. honestly, I just think people need to go before it goes up a lot in price. Right, it's just a really, really good deal. Also, it's the type of place. I mean, I have so many things to say. The first thing I want to say is about the money thing. I always find it really helpful when people actually describe the nitty gritty of money, even if it's Mm -hmm. above my pay grade, even if like when celebrities like Heather Dubrow talk about their vacations or whatever, I guess maybe she doesn't mention specifics of money, but I just always find it to be helpful to like adjust my perspective or what I can expect. And yeah, I just think it's like really helpful to demystify stuff like that, especially for like luxury vacations. And then the other thing is that it truly feels like an A-list experience. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that is really unique. And to your point about everyone should go before it goes up in price, like it's the type of place, we talked about this, where I would like to book every year in advance. Like I will come back every July or whatever. It's a place I want to return to for the rest of my life because it's so unique. It's so special. Like it's hard to describe how special it is. The other thing about how much it is, like there's a degree of when you're on vacation and you don't have like, you know, card blanche funds of you calculating, okay, like, should I get a third drink? Should I just try to cool it? You know, should I get Mm -hmm. the steak tonight? Like, at least for me, I'm definitely still like trying to keep a mental tally of how much money I'm spending while I'm on vacation so I can be somewhat conscious about it. And that stuff can just really add up so fast when you're at a resort or whatever. And so it's just so nice to not feel like every day you're doing a mental tally of like, did I overspend today? Did I underspend? Like, Mm -hmm. how many drinks can I have? You know, should I eat at the restaurant or should I, you know, get something cheaper by the beach? Anyways, just all of those things you have to think about when it's not all inclusive. Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. Just being able to eat the food you want and Mm -hmm. not worry about it whatsoever. Right. And it's just so hard because all-inclusive really sounds like Sizzler. It doesn't, we need a new phrase for it because it just, I think for most people, it doesn't bring up images of something that's luxury and refined. You know, you, you think of like heaps and heaps of food at a buffet that's all kind of like mid or mediocre, but no, this is like, they prepare the food. It's so fresh. It's so lovely. I think sometimes when it's at an all-inclusive, there's so much food that it just it, there's no way it's that good. And it's just not that situation at all. No, the food, I would say, it's like your grandma on Nantucket with a vegetable garden if she was yeah. also an extremely artful chef. Like it's really healthy. It can err on the simpler side. Yeah. But it also can be really beautifully done. And like an almond tart dessert, like this from scratch almond tart with beautiful homemade whipped cream and fresh strawberries after you've eaten these gorgeous vegetables and delicious salad. And like it's phenomenal. For example, one of the lunches was, you know, it's like three different types of salads, three different types of like vegetable based sides. And then like, 
you know, some mahi mahi and then some beef. And like, those were the options. And, and like, you know, you just kind of made yourself a plate of that. And it's not like so over the top indulgent food to where you're sick every single day because you're just like eating so much. Like we were talking about Blackberry Farms, which we loved, but the food is much more like indulgent Rich and over the top, a little bit more sick every day in a, in a great mm-hmm. way, in a, in a way you sometimes want to experience on vacation. But I just found this food to be extremely fresh, but also like, you know, a little bit more measured or just, you know, like I could eat this way every single day. Like if it was a private chef preparing meals for me. Exactly. Exactly. So the food is so, so good. Can we talk about Chandler, the naked dress? drama you've pulled me into on Instagram. Let's talk about the naked dress drama. Honestly, it was so annoying to me when you said, you know, my feelings on naked dresses because there was instant judgment, instant Serena joy energy injected into my vacation outfit planning. Here's the thing. I love a naked dress and I would totally wear one if I found one that flattered me and was the look just not to dinner at Guana Island. Like that's all I was trying to say. Like Chandler also strategically left out the next text was like, maybe if we were going out in St. Bart's, like that would be perfect. But for this environment, I'm not sure this is what you're going to want to wear. Like, I don't know if you'll be comfortable. And I will say you were sort of right in the sense that people were not stepping out in flashy looks. It was very much so an Eileen Fisher type of It's a Jenny look. Kane aesthetic. Yes. There. Like it is country club casual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The linen pants you've had for forever. Yeah. It is just a very refined casual look and yeah. vibe. I mean, in the booklet, when you get into the room, it tells you like, please have a cover up on at lunch. Mm-hmm. Like if you come from the beach, there's a certain dress code there in terms of modesty um, that maybe some would find off-putting. But um, I just didn't want you to be uncomfortable. But Chandler and I, it was so funny. We like, of course, also really wanted to get pictures. Yeah. Well, and also I feel like I had all these sick outfits that I wanted to show off. Yeah. And and I did too. And so the night you wore the naked dress, it was just so cute. We were like, okay, we're just going to do it. We're just going to own it. We're stars. We're it. Like, this is who we are. This is who we are. Like these people can't be our Joe Allens. Like we just right. have to let the whole yes. place shimmer. Literally. Don't dim our light. We are bejeweled tonight and like we are just going to step into our power. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We literally were like repeating. Own it. Just step into your power. So we, you know, emerge from our cottage with Lauren's wearing a green feather dress. The green feather dress was a different night. Yes. This true. night I was wearing neon green pants and a yep. neon green oversized top that was mesh and so it was very yes. see-through yeah yeah for, for over any everything but my breast so mm-hmm. it was like a naked mm-hmm. top yes naked top and bottoms and like a little heel and then I was wearing obviously my naked dress with a one piece underneath you know to show a little bit of restraint and so we step out and we're like okay we look sick like we don't even care I don't even care and <laughs> so we proceed to like kind of walk around the grounds get some hot photos and we do pass a few of the guests and I will say I felt a little bit like a little embarrassed. I think I even tried to say like, we got to get our picks. You know, I tried to like make a joke about it. For sure. We tried to be a little self-aware, a little cheeky. So anyway, we got our photos and then we like came in and every night there's hors d'oeuvres and drinks before Mm -hmm. and like cocktail hour that all the guests participate in with each other and they might like play Mm -hmm. some card games together. Um, It's all very genial and convivial. Okay. And so anyway, we came into like this little sitting room where everyone was gathered and our eye looked, I would say like very Dr. Jeb, like Bronwyn's mom adjacent in terms of my look. And yeah, Chandler looked a little more like club adjacent. Yep. 
And we were like sitting there and what happened? We were just like, we had finished taking photos and we were like, should we go change? We just like threw it out there. We're like, should we just go change? And then we were were like, no, no, let's own it. Let's own it. Let's step into our power. Like literally Mm -hmm. let's own it. And we're like literally having this little conversation like right outside the door before we go into cocktail hour. We step in and we're like, hello, good evening. We're just like chatting (laughs) with some of the other guests and we probably make it about four minutes. We just look over at each other. Like I feel the the air of the through the mesh yes. coming from my top, and I, I feel yeah. myself not being able to fully like lean over to grab an appetizer because right. I don't want tits out for all these people. Yeah. So anyway, we just look at each other and we're like, "Should we go change? Let's just go change." <laughs> and then we just <laughs> like just literally change. we like scamper off to go change, and then I put on like an oversized gingham dress. It just it was so funny, but it was also like, and then we like came back and we were like, we decided to change. We decided to you know. <laughs> Be a little bit more understated, and everyone laughed this evening. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that was hilarious and kind of a fail. But also, I will say, so I am not your outfit policer. I was just trying to give you an idea of the vibe. You, she she definitely was. But I also was like, I'm going to bring all my sick looks because, at the very least, I'm going to get photos in it. Also, I'm going to say, someone asked about my yellow dress, y'all. That dress is from Amazon. That dress was like a last minute buy where I was like, oh, let's just like see what else I could just like get, you know, in two days before I have to leave. It was inspired by How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. The butter yellow was like, I knew I needed it. I was like, my hair is very blonde right now. I need to take advantage. I need to be wearing all of the right colors. Yes, it's literally, I think this dress is currently $37 from Amazon and it's really comfortable. Speaking of, should we talk about our Amazon storefront? Y'all, we finally have an Amazon storefront up and off the ground, and we have just started to, you know, thanks to help from our dear Chrissy, we've started to populate it with links with all of our favorite things. We hope to, like, keep this up and running and keep it updated. So we've finally started to put some of our favorite Amazon items in there. Yeah, we get asked all the time, can I get a link to the walking plaid? Mm -hmm. Can I get a link to your standing desk, your self-tanner? Like just basic stuff that we chat about having really loved. Um, And so we're just going to keep an Amazon storefront up, the link up. That way you can easily get to all the things that we are obsessed with. And basically our rule for putting something in there is like, are you genuinely obsessed with this? Like, is it such a necessity? You've just bought it over 40 times, essentially. Like my favorite Nespresso coffee's in there. Right. Just little things that we love. I mean, little things that are like maybe even a little bit embarrassing, like my nail cream, my nail strengthening cream, hard as hooks. Like people ask me about that before. I've talked about it. I love it. It's $8. It's so worth it. Yeah. We're just going to put all the things that we are consistently buying. I'm just like such an Amazon girly. And mm-hmm. for better or for worse, because sometimes it may make me look cheaper when I'm buying like Amazon clothing, but there's something about it. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. Um, So click the link. That link will be in the show notes if you want to catch any of our Amazon finds. Another thing I have in there is this incredible sun bum tinted moisturizer that I swear is a Paris filter in a bottle. It's absolutely phenomenal. It has this like slight pearlescent iridescent. So if, if you're not into that, don't get it. It is a shiny finish, but Are I'm wearing obsessed. it right now. Is that what you're wearing right I now? I wear, yeah, I wear it like every day. Yeah. You always have such a good glow. Yeah. And I basically have no skincare routine yet. So yeah. that's where it's from. <laughs> so anyway, that is up. All right. Well, that was kind of our recap for Guana Island. We hope you enjoyed it. Let's move on to a topic that I cannot wait to discuss with you, Lauren. We were trying not to discuss it too much when we were traveling back home together yesterday because we wanted to save it for the pod. Jonah Hill and Sarah Brady. 
Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it's just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimbleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimbleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Okay, so Sarah Brady is a professional surfer. Is she professional? I think so. Or I don't know. She at least... Professional enough. Like, yeah. So maybe surfer, influencer... Anyway, so she's his ex-girlfriend. They haven't been dating for about a year and a half. She posted some text exchanges and basically were, you know, it was kind of like, screw it. Like, I was in this really abusive relationship and mm-hmm. I don't care anymore about protecting this person's reputation. This is a PSA to all the girls out there about how, you know, if someone is treating you or speaking to you, you should actually be very concerned. Yep. Yep. And I thought I was horrified to read these messages. Horrified. Horrified to see some of the apologism happening for these messages by some prominent creators. Um, And so, yeah, I'm excited to dig into it with you, Chan. So funny enough, when we were in Puerto Rico, Ben and I watched his documentary, Jonah Hill's documentary with his therapist. And you did. We did just randomly. We were like, oh, this looks interesting. Let's watch this. And I kind of loved it. Like at least like some of it was a little bit boring and I actually don't think we finished it, but I definitely like loved a little bit of it. And mainly because I, I really liked the therapist and I like, liked some of his like tools and strategies or whatever, but I, I didn't really know a lot about Jonah Hill. I was, I'm not a Jonah Hill, like super fan or anything, but I was, I was definitely like, Oh, you know, it seems like he's doing a lot of work on himself. That was kind of my takeaway about him. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I guess I like him more because he seems to be a, you know, a pretty self-aware guy who's really trying to like, you know, create a better life for himself mentally. So mm-hmm. then imagine my shock when four days later, these text messages come to light and he's just actually like insane. So controlling. Uh, yeah. We need to like read the text messages because okay, so yeah. yeah, they paint a picture. So Sarah Brady posts a screenshot of the text messages. And this is what she says at the top on the story. She says, this is a warning to all girls. If your partner is talking to you like this, make an exit plan. Love y'all. Call me if you need an ear. Mm -hmm. So this is what he says to her. He says, respect however you want to live your life. And by the way, he's sent her a screenshot of an Instagram photo. Respect however you want to live your life. You only get one. Sort of done with explaining myself. And she says, three removed, not the video yet. It is my best serving video. Would you feel better if the cover frame was different? Any more specific 
ones that bother you? And then he responds, yes, one that isn't one of your ass in a thong. And she responds, not a thong, but K. And he says, and as far as other pictures of you in a bathing suit or not, there's tons. I'm just going back in the past. You want to argue and I don't. Oh my gosh. So clearly a lot of these exchanges are kind of like from like, I think random fights that they have and screenshots that she has from them. But this one is clearly where he is upset about some of the images that are on her Instagram and is asking her to take them down or to edit them to, you know, I guess show less of her body. Yeah. And so basically the gist of it is that this girl's like a hot surfer girl. Mm-hmm. And he actually slid into her DMs, okay? He saw something he liked. Mm-hmm. And then when he actually became in a relationship with her, suddenly the thing that he liked made him super insecure. And he wanted her to remove those images so that no other man would know she was attractive. Right. Lest she'd be attracted to someone else and leave him. I mean, it was all about control. All about control. So this is one thing he says. He says, plain and simple. If you need surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men, to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past, beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful, I'm not the right partner for you. If these things bring you a place of happiness, I support it and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for my romantic partnership. My boundaries with you based off the ways these actions have hurt our trust. Oh my gosh. I have so much to say on this. First, this laundry list of things she cannot do, of a life she cannot lead, is so (laughs) unbelievably misogynistic and reveals the way that he believes women should behave in a life that's acceptable for a woman, you know, his partner to lead. And I also want to say, like, when he says, like, to model, it's so condescending. Here's the thing. So this is another PSA to the girls out there. Unfortunately, sometimes men who have been deeply insecure in their past and who maybe didn't have a lot of luck with women, I'll just leave it there. When they suddenly either get fit or get money or whatever, and suddenly they get female attention, they feel such a deep resentment of women who are suddenly attracted to them because in their minds, they think you would never have liked me before. Okay. So now that I got some coin in my pocket or now that I'm more physically attractive, you want me. And this is like the incel mentality, right? That literally it's, I was going to say it's, it's incel. Like it is giving incel. Because these men, they are righteously indignant that women don't want to have sex with them Mm -hmm. when they're Mm -hmm. deeply unhealthy um, and have done nothing with their lives and aren't accomplishing anything. They think that women should just want to, you know, hook up with them regardless. And sorry, that's not the way it works. And a deep hatred of beautiful women who do not desire them grows. Yeah. The funny thing too, is it's always like women that were completely out of their leagues. Right. So they wanted access to every single woman Mm -hmm. available. It's not like they never could have got a girl. It's just that they couldn't have gotten a girl who was deeply out of their league. Right. Um, And they resent the fact that they don't have ownership of all women. Right. The other thing I want to talk about when he says, these are my boundaries. So uh, Alana Glazer, she was in Broad City. She's amazing. She posted uh, a TikTok where she says, This is what a boundary is. A boundary is something that 
you can create for yourself, for your own life, where you can, you know, say, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about that. I'm not going to participate in that. It is something you create for yourself. It is literally a fence you set up for yourself. These weren't her words, but this is how I'm like paraphrasing it. It's not like a fence you can put up for somebody else. It's not something you can use to control somebody else. It's a way that you can literally try to like protect your own mental health. And so it's just the fact that he was like, if you need to model, my boundary is that you can actually can't model. My boundary is that you can't have certain friendships. It's actually a complete manipulation and controlling use of a very positive thing that people can, you know, use to protect themselves. A boundary is you're not allowed to start screaming at me. A boundary is, yeah, like the way others behave towards you, towards you is something that you are trying to protect your own peace. A boundary for him could have been. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. It's like something that he could do for himself, the way right. that he could control his life. It's not something he could use to like inflict control on other people or. You yeah, know. exactly. Not only that Chandler, but it's not even about <laughs> the misuse of the term boundary. It's him making her in trouble for the things that she was doing way before their relationship. Totally. Totally. Like she, all of a sudden he was asking her to change her profession, essentially how she made money, change her social circle. That is how abusive relationships make women isolated and under the dominion and control of these crazy abusers. I have a really good Reddit comment that I pulled. And so this is what one person said. They said, so many men think women post things for them and not because we Mm -hmm. want to. They think pics are here for male attention and showing ourselves off to men. And that having an Instagram is purely for the purpose of talking to guys. Basically because (laughs) like women are just so obsessed with With male attention because they think that's the biggest gift that a woman could receive. Right, right. So then the comment continues. So when they start dating women, they think, oh, okay, well, her profile and pics worked, but now she's got a man. So she doesn't need to be posting all those things anymore. Why does she even have an Insta at all? I see this touted so often on clips from incel podcasts. God forbid we post pics because we like them. Right, right. Like literally, if anything, like ever since Ben and I have started dating, my hot pics have only ramped up because I make him take a bunch of me so I can post them on the internet. Also, it's just... I'm sorry, but self-love is not about wanting to seduce men. Like self-love no. and loving yourself and loving your body and right. being proud of yourself and showing it off. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just something that as women, we've been told to A, be obsessed with forever mm-hmm. with how we looked and to try right. to conform in every way possible. But then we're also told, don't be vain. Don't be conceited. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. don't have an ego. Right. And it's like, right. well, which way do you want it? How about we love being beautiful. We love showing off that we're beautiful. Right. We're right. fine with that. We're proud of our ourselves and anyone who wants you to not be proud of yourself it's disgusting and it actually has nothing to do with you so I want to read like a barrage of text messages from him and there's one in here that I think is like so backwards but he's like it's just constant it doesn't reflect where we're at or where you say you want to be I respect your skill and your surfing I respect how you want to present yourself I respect that you're hot and beautiful and I respect however you want to live but I also respect myself and what I'm interested in my own life and what I let into my heart and inner circle. So celebrate yourself and your life however you please. I just like, I respect that you're hot and beautiful. Like, I don't know. It just... So this is another comment that I think is so applicable here. So someone says, he grew up feeling ugly and fat and he absolutely hates and despises women for not getting laid while he was growing up. Now that he has slimmed down and has money, will only go after beautiful women who don't have a regular job, will do everything in his power to isolate and control them, will always be an insecure loser, tale as old as time. And it's really so true. Like, yeah. if you are about to date a person who, let's just say, like, 
whatever has had a big turn of events and had a major glow up in some department, be wary of any resentments they hold from years of, of struggling. Like really some of the most well-adjusted people are just people who've had good luck from the beginning. Yes. I think that is a very sage piece of wisdom. The other thing I want to say is just be very cautious of any partner, man, woman, whoever, who wants to dim your light. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to draw the comparison to Joe Alwyn. I think they are two different types of dudes. You know, I don't think Joe Alwyn is a misogynist. I don't think so. But there are men who want to dim their partner's light because it makes them insecure. Yeah. And I feel like with the thing I said before, I just mean like, don't write someone off who's never really had to struggle that much. They might end up being like just super well adjusted because, you know, life has been kind to them. And so it might become easier to them. They haven't been through all this pain and suffering. I think just be cautious of really jaded people in whatever shape or form, because it can be hard to grow out of that. You're so correct in so much that if someone wants you to change your style, to mute how you dress, to mute how you mm -hmm. present yourself, if you achieve success and they aren't so excited for you right, and to show right. you off, if they need to be the most successful person, they need to win on every level, yep. it is just such a recipe for disaster. I mean, and I think it can be very easy to slip into relationships where you end up getting diminished little by little, slowly and slowly over time. Well, I think what happens is you get into the relationship and you think this person's like a wounded bird, right? Like they're wounded. They are mm -hmm. healing from their own trauma right. and I'm the perfect angel. I'm going to help them lick their wounds. You know, I'm going to yeah. heal them. Yeah. And so when they come to you with all these crazy demands, you think, well, you know what? They've been through a lot and this yep. isn't so much for me to give up. Like I don't need to post a thong photo. Sure. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily need to hang out with Jessica. Like I know it just triggers parts of my past yep. that hurt Jonah. And it's so easy to start making those concessions and mm -hmm. end up in a place where you've isolated yourself from most of your friends, okay? Yep. Because your partner convinced you that hanging out with them was either shallow or yep. dumb, that they were lame yep. people or they brought out the worst in you. Yep. You suddenly have terrible self-esteem because mm -hmm. anytime you're proud of yourself and feel good, your partner says, you know, that you're just love modeling. You know, like I had a little bit of a severe reaction to this because I've had a relationship like this in the past, not to this degree, but where you being happy and proud of yourself is going to be a triggering event for the other person. Well, and they're going to tell you that self-love is actually vanity. Yes. And they are going to try to make you feel bad whenever mm -hmm. possible. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, whenever you're having a moment. Yeah. Because that's where they can control you and manipulate you is if you feel bad about yourself, if you're like, if you're weak and wounded. Heaven forbid you make yourself happy and you have a right. great life and you have success and accomplishments yeah. and each person is just whole on their own, doesn't need another person for their entire self-esteem um, and in their all their validation. I know we're running up against the clock a little bit with this subject, but I, there are a few more things I want to get to. Yeah. And the biggest thing is House and Habits defense of Jonah Hill. Okay. Thank you for bringing this up because this is something that we had talked about. Were we going to talk about it or not? And I was yeah. on the side of, of talking about it and calling her out by name. I'm sorry. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. House and Habit also, I will say she comes after the Kardashians. She comes after a lot of women. She's pro Johnny Depp. She's anti Amber Heard. Not just, you know, I, I think Johnny Depp 
you know, I feel like that doesn't even do it justice. Like she literally thinks Amber Heard had no right to any of the things that she said or any of the accusations that she, you know, like launched against Johnny Depp. Like she literally was like laughing at Amber Heard. Yes. Yes. And it's so pick me, girl. It's so disgusting. It's so transparent. I will say that it's important as creators to not let our own insecurities make us hate other women. And I personally think that this is someone who maybe also is triggered by beautiful women being confident on social media. And the very twisted way she tried to apologize for this behavior was just the mental gymnastics. It was Simone Biles level. Okay. Literally. And it's no one is buying it. Oh my gosh. She also says, okay, this is a quote from her Substack. He tried hard to express his thoughts respectively. Respectively, you're calling any of the things that he's saying respectfully. He's respectively, respectively, but still, like, there's no respect in like the specific demands that he's putting on her. Uh, So he tried hard to express his thoughts respectively, validated her anger, and even apologized for her having to see him with a new girl, an aspect of fame he said he resented. Sure, his expectations make him look painfully insecure for a 39-year-old man with a thriving Hollywood career, requesting his girlfriend remove certain photographs he thought were too revealing, but it's nowhere near abusive. No, it is abusive. It is abusive. It is mentally abusive. It is actual abuse. Like there's Mm -hmm. just no getting around it. There's so much of it. The demeaning way he tries to make her feel bad about herself for feeling herself or feeling good. The way he's trying to isolate her from her social circle. Like it is textbook abuse. Right, right. Uh, Here we go. If if you want to know the truth, the gossip-funded context, here it is. Quote, Jonah wanted something more serious. He was looking to settle down with a woman he could start a family with, a woman who wasn't chasing fame and was unapologetically, quote, conservative in his expectations for a partner to fill that role. Woman who wasn't chasing fame because she wanted to post a beautiful picture of herself. I mean, one of the pictures that she removed is like, it's not even super body forward. It's like her just next to like the cactus. Where it's the picture she says, reviving a pic I took down by request of a narcissistic misogynist. It's just like a beautiful photo of a woman. That's it. No. And also, even if it wasn't, even if it was, right, right, you know, right. a thong ass pic, totally. like I'm known to enjoy every July 6th. Okay. Literally. On my birthday. Every other like, month. Shall I indulge? Very well, I shall. I'm sorry, but there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with being proud of yourself. Basically, to try to degrade this girl's self-esteem yeah. and also co-opt the bullying is right. just... It is so textbook, classic, woman-hating. I just want to say, I, I only bring up the fact that that photo wasn't super body for just to show the range of his craziness. The fact that he requested to her to take right, that right, photo right. down. There were, like, literally, I, w- I would like her to post nothing but thong photos from here on out and just, like, literally, like, let it rip. But um, the other thing I'm going to say is that she does this in the name of, like, anti-cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, like... Ugh, I am all here for turning down like the flame a little bit with cancel culture. I'm here yeah, for that. Right, right, right. But this is like, no, we actually do need to know when when men we like look up to and men who are like lauded in like the public sphere are actually misogynist behind closed doors. You know, men who release documentaries that show how like how much work they've done on themselves mentally, but then like are in the same breath like trying to manipulate and control their partner. Can we just also talk about the deeply problematic, not necessarily a word that I'm always obsessed with, but the deeply problematic way that 
she framed. He just wanted to have, you know, a family. He didn't want to be someone who was chasing fame. I'm sorry, you can be ambitious. Mm -hmm. The slut shaming, the ambition shaming, you can be ambitious. You can want success. You can want to achieve. And also, that can also be totally compatible with the life as a mother. You can be posting thong pictures and be like having a family. You can have it all. You can do it all. Like, shut the fuck up. Ugh. I just think that women have been for forever taught to be obsessed with making themselves appealing to men, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then palatable. Also palatable. I just can't stand the conservative notion. And I'm not saying conservative politically, I'm talking about conservative just traditionally, that a woman just exists to be pleasing to like her primary right. patriarchal right. steward. Like, I'm sorry, but she was just doing what she wanted to do and what she'd been doing before she dated this guy. Honestly, I'm just getting more and more fired up about it. It's so terrible. And honestly, like I, I hope that whoever he's with now, I hope that he's better. I doubt he is, but I mean, they have a child together. You know, I hope that this is a wake up call for him, a wake up call for her, his new partner. Yeah. It's just, it's so gross. It's really, really unfortunate. So yeah. So I just want to say to any woman listening, any girl listening to this podcast, if you have a boyfriend and posting a hot photo of yourself or sharing an achievement at dinner or feeling confident, if you have found that that is in some way a triggering experience for them, that is something to really pay attention to um, and be concerned about because your partner should just be so proud and happy for you. Like that, their role is to be your cheerleader. Exactly. Let us be like the older sisters to you because I guarantee you if Lauren saw that I was getting text messages like this or Courtney or, you know, Ashley or McCall or any of my sisters or mom, like they would be like, this guy is bad news. Let us be that voice of reason for you. Exactly. Terrible news. Um, Okay. So you guys, thank you all so much for listening. Three million downloads. So exciting. We will be back on Patreon with part two of our Duggar deep dive. So mm-hmm. that'll be on Patreon this week. And then we are also running our $500 shopping spree giveaway. So this giveaway is running until August 15th. And to enter, it's a $500 shopping spree giveaway. You just post on your Instagram stories, your favorite episode of Pop Apologists. Include the link so your friends can easily tap and listen to your yep. favorite episode. And then tag us so we see it. We'll respond and say thank you entered. And the only thing we ask is only share if this is a podcast you actually really enjoy and it's a true, authentic recommendation to your friends. So also don't say that as part of giveaway because it just kind of undermines the recommendation. So that's that. Anything, any other housekeeping, Chandler? We love you all so much. Thank you for continuing to listen. And we will see you next week. We'll be back next week. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. 
And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.